Ghostbusters, you know, where they're like, just don't think about anything. Don't think about anything. Don't think about anything, and then they think of the giant Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Yep. That's what streaming is like. When an ancient god tells you. <laughs> At least he thought about something, like, not scary. Could have thought of, like, a dildo. Can you imagine there? that? Hello? Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Could have been a giant <laughs> dildo. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought of like a super hot guy. You know what I mean? Because then I'd be like, "Oh no, it's like a, he's like all oiled up. Like, oh, how are we? What are, how, what are we gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> what are we gonna do? He's too sexy." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you guys ever? Um, there's like this web comic called "Help Us Brave Warrior." Have you guys ever read that? No. Oh, you you'd love it. It's just the most adorable thing ever. It's basically like this like little potato girl and she's like super cute or whatever and she just like does like girl stuff and so she's like oh shit I'm in the void of eternal darkness Ugh, I shouldn't have fallen into that hole or whatever I'll never meet anyone and then like a guy like floats by he's like oh my god it's the long lost king of sexiness he's like thank god you found me it's just been me these body oils and pizza bagels for millennia and <laughs> <laughs> pizza bagels yeah yeah he's I love that webcomic. <laughs> Super cute. Anyway. I like, so I like webcomics, but the only problem is that I feel like they'll release, like, every week, and so, like, I'll go read it once, and I'll read, like, 50 back comics, be like, whoa, this is so good, and then I forget that it exists, and I mm. never read it again. Well, I'm too far behind on Cucumber Quest to keep up now. Mm -hmm. Cucumber Quest, whoa. <laughs> Hey, how is everybody's uh, audio levels? How does Stacy and I sound? How does Tess sound? Audio hey. levels. Hello. Good. Josh's WO4 says good. By the way, this Twitch channel just got partnered. I have to shout. Uh, <laughs> just got partnered so you can subscribe now, and Tess is. Working on working on the icons. One is gonna be Stacy's face, the other is gonna be my face, and then the the subscriber icon is going to be a gay alien. I left it up to Tess to figure out how she's going to depict that. A galian? Yeah, a galian. That's right. Because I chose a gift that says online. <laughs> no one knows I'm a gay alien for whenever people follow. Mm -hmm. And then that just turned into it got out of control. <laughs> it quickly devolved into madness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw the, the Brokeback Mountain uh, thing with the gay aliens. Oh, yeah. It was on your Twitter, Mari. Oh, I know yeah. you saw it. Gay aliens found? Oh, no, the other one. Where it's like the gay agenda with aliens. <laughs> so. So today's Geek Remix Live is going to be relaxed. Yep. Um, and Tess is here. Tess Young, the creator. Hi. Of, of our animations. Of our animations. One of hers just came out today. Follow her on the chick monster. The chic monster. Oh my god, the chick, chick monster. monster. I, yeah, most people will say, <laughs> I don't care. It's As long as you spell it right, you're good. But do please follow me on Twitter. I'm um, desperate for attention. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the chat now. Yep. Um, and today she was going to talk to us about pink games. Can you... Yes. God, that's so cool. Well, let me just give it in, like, it's kind of weird just talking about pink games or whatever, but, um, 
most of you probably don't know this, but I am developing my own pink game. It's called Charmixie Witch Academy. Sorry, guys, I have to plug. Uh, it's so cute, though. It's yeah. so cute. Yeah, so while I was working on that game, I did a lot of research about kind of the genre of pink games and stuff like that. And so um, I, I was just talking to Mari about it a while ago. And Mari's super cool. Super cool, super cool gal. <laughs> because I'm, I'm a cool galaxy. Yeah. I'm not a gal, I'm a galaxy. Galaxy. Super cool galaxy. Um, but I was, like, talking to, like, other guy friends about it, and they did, like, that mansplaining thing, and it was so fucking annoying. I'll I'll tell the story about that afterwards. But I talked to Mari, and she was, like, the only one who, like, gave a shit. And she was, like, I thought it was fucking rad. She, like, she stayed... See, see, Tess pretty much did, like, a serial podcast level shit (laughs) on finding pink games. Uh Uh-huh. Like... Yeah, well, yeah, like... it's it's so fascinating. Um, and I'll drop some resources for anyone who's interested in that. Our, our, I think that our following is going to really enjoy this because pink games, as you said, get a bad rap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so honestly, games... Mari yeah. and I were talking about this on the way over here. I was trying to think of any that I had played. I couldn't think of any. I played the Barbie fashion one. I told Stacy this. I played the Barbie fashion one when I was a kid, and I would just make Barbie wear... Like, get, try to get her as naked as possible, and then oh. have her go down the runway. Mari! And... Mari fucking same! Same! <laughs> I had the Barbie game, and I would like it. I would just like, is, okay, is, is my, are my parents watching? Alright, bikini extra skimp. I would like yeah. the, color, the color yes, of her skin yes, and shit. the bikini. I remember. It was a strapless bikini. It was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. A lot of that, like tiny little thing. Yeah, I would oh, try to because oh, I yes. tried to make her go down there with no clothes on, and that was just underwear. But some, yeah. but I wanted it less than the underwear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. No, but that that's really interesting that you mentioned that game because it was actually a pivotal game in the like pink game movement. Prior to that, okay, so let me back up a little bit. Uh, there was kind of the. Uh, the beginning of video games uh, was kind of like a free-range era. There were a lot of really weird games out there, you know, and, um, uh, oh god, Ian Bogost, uh, he, he wrote about this. Um, there's also an episode on PBS, sorry, I'm just like, my head is like overflowing with all of these references, it's really hard to put them into organized thought, but, um, Ian Bogost, who was a video game scholar, talked about the era before the video game crash, um, and it was just, it was kind of like free range, it was very similar to the indie game movement that we have now, the only problem was, um, they weren't developed by individuals, games cost a lot of money to make, so most of the, like, weird games that were out there would basically just be a drain on a company's resources, and that led to a lot of companies crashing, um, hence the video game crash of, oh god, this is gonna be great. 80-something, early 19, I want to say 1983. I am so bad with numbers. Yeah, uh, no, uh, okay, so there was a video game crash, mostly due to, well, not, the, the final, the final nail in the coffin was E.T., and there was a bunch of games being put out for the Atari? Yeah, right? it's, it's mostly known, the video game crash is mostly known for, like, when Atari was kind of in trouble, but there were, like, a lot of games, like, a few years before and a few years after that were in financial trouble. But it's, I looked this on Wikipedia, so I don't know if this particular fact is true, but apparently in Japan it's called Atari Shock, <laughs> which is kind of an interesting thing. I don't know. Again, I can't verify it. But yeah. Well, the main problem was that uh, a bunch of unlicensed games were coming out for the systems that really sucked. 
And then parents would buy them, and the kids would be like, what the fuck is this? Because they were cheaper than the other games. Mm-hmm. And so then everyone thought that games sucked, and everyone stopped buying games. Yeah. Mm. It wasn't, you know, I don't think it was so much sucky games, because there were some good games, but it was just oversaturation. Mm, you couldn't yeah. find the good games in the bad, you know, and it was really impossible to, yeah. Well, because they don't have the, they didn't have the internet in the way that we do now, where Absolutely. Like you could just look up a Metacritic score. And, yeah. but through the video game crash, the thing that held things through was the PC market, which I think is something that's happening, that happened like a few years ago, where games, I honestly think, were struggling, and then the PC market kind of came back with all the indie games. Yeah. But anyway, sorry to the, go on a tangent. The Pink Games just Movement wanted... was, yeah, uh, the yeah. Pink Games Movement was actually born uh, on the PC market. That was like mainly where it got its start. Um, well, but after the video game, sorry, what were you saying? Well, yeah, uh, I just want to point out that the PC, despite it being, like, not really a gaming platform, is the platform that the most amount of people have. So a pink game for the PC actually makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, that, that, that was kind of how it went. So Nintendo kind of stepped in after the, the end of the crash, and that's how it got its start. And they did this thing, which technically saved video games, but it really limited... Uh, it's kind of the cause for most of the limits that games have now. Sort of the idea that they're for kids, um, that they can't have any kind of mature concepts, that was all because of Nintendo. Nintendo marketed the, uh, I think it was the NES, um, to toy stores and they paired it with toys and those kinds of things and they introduced something called the Nintendo Seal of Quality which was a way to kind of prevent sort of the oversaturation of games and those kinds of things that, you know, Atari had done. So Nintendo was really paying attention to all the problems that were happening before so they tried to do kind of the opposite of that. If I remember correctly, they they, uh, they advertised it as a entertainment system, and it came with a robot that would play the video games with you. Rob, right? correct, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think you can play him in Smash Brothers. Uh, yeah. Mm, oh, yeah, but he, yeah. he sucks, Stacy. don't worry. Yeah. We're missing out on the robot. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I don't remember that at all. I had an NES, like, five or six years after it was released, so... Yeah. No, yeah, I, I played... We had a... This is a tangent, but... At my school, we had, like, a like a Smash Brothers set up, and there was always, like, this fucking robot that was like, what is he from? I've never seen him, and, like, nobody could tell me. And then I was doing the research for this, and I was like, it was Rob. I was like, oh, my God, they put their they put their robot in there, which I guess isn't that big of a surprise because they put the Game & Watch guy in there, too. The Game <laughs> & anyway, Watch. Game & Watch? Mr. Game & Watch? I don't know who that is. Oh, he's, like, a, he's like a little... God, I don't know how to describe it. You know, like, those little handheld games that were just, like, it's basically, like, a gray screen and then, like, black oh, images would yeah. appear? yeah, the LED things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Mr. Game & Watch is, like, one of those characters, and apparently he was, like, there was, like, a Game & Watch handheld game that Nintendo put out, and he's also in Smash. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, wow, that was a big tangent. Anyway, Sorry. Video game history is very fun, and, and it goes off in all kinds of crazy directions. Uh, right, so Nintendo put out the Nintendo Seal of Quality, and they marketed the NES as an entertainment system, but as a toy. And toys have had a long history of being gendered. This is really, really important. Yep. Um, so, you know, girls would play with dolls, and it's like, this was all way before video games. Prior to this, the video games were marketed, I mean, guys would play them more often, that, that, that was still true, um, and that people think has to do with the fact that, you know, men were, con- you know, they would go into kind of more STEM 
uh, position, so they were more comfortable using a computer. But oh, can I just add in a, an interesting thing is that the first programmers for like computers and stuff were women because they considered it to be uh, a uh, secretary job. So the, right. so I just wanted to add that in because it's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. I mean, as soon as guys are like, well, this is actually kind of cool, they're like, get out, get out, women, this is like our thing. Suddenly, it's not for women. Now, it, yeah. now that it's cool, you can do cool things with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so, um, it was marketed as a family system, but then after Nintendo came in, it was like, nope, guys are the market. Um, there is a quote, like, from some kind of Nintendo representative who just was straight up like, yeah, we're not... Like, we're, we're marketing only to guys. This is video games are for guys. And that kind of set the precedent for the next, I don't know, 16 years. Um, it was pretty, pretty crazy. <clears throat> so, anyway, uh, by that time, it was impossible to make a game that was sort of like, quote-unquote, gender neutral. Because guys were the only people considered to be playing video games at all. So they would automatically appropriate anything that was put out for the general public. Uh, yeah, so I feel. Was, I often feel like gender neutral in terms of video game demographics always leans towards a more stereotypically masculine thing. Yeah, well, this is really interesting um, because it, it's absolutely fascinating. There is a book out there, and I think it's the only book that documents the history, which which is just so upsetting to me, that documents the history of the pink games movement. The only book out there, and it's called um, Barbie versus Mortal Kombat. Holy shit! Wow. Wait, I yeah. thought that was a real. I would like imagine that as a game, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like Marvel versus that would Cap. That's so cool. Marvel yeah. versus Capcom, but like <laughs> Barbie oh versus God. Mortal Kombat. That'd be fucking love, rad. I would love a Barbie <laughs> fighting game, like Ken versus fucking Liana. <laughs> I don't know. No, anyway. I want I want Barbie versus Mortal Kombat characters. Barbie okay. and Mortal Kombat yeah. like together. <laughs> you like. He like rips out her spine, but it's like inside there's like nothing. So it just like and she like, keeps going like, like yeah! no, I don't need it. Yeah, like her arm <laughs> falls off, but she's like reattaches it, just like pops it back in. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that dot said that um, it had a really interesting study. They had a lot of scientists going in, and they were kind of doing studies on the phenomenon of games and gender. And they said that when men designed games that were gender neutral, they would design them with, you know, more violent things. Like, they would design for themselves. Um, and when women designed games that were gender neutral, they, like, they could, they could women had, like, more range. Um, but that was, it's not because, like, women are, like, better designing video games or anything. It's just because uh, men had this very specific idea of what, like, video games were. Yeah. So men would always design for themselves. There was, like, a study on this. Like, they did, they did not know how to design for women. It was, it was really, really interesting. Which is important, I should note now, is, uh, yeah, like, and it's another thing when you say, like, oh, well, you know we can make games for women or whatever. It's like, no, you need to you need to hire women in the video games industry. You can't just take up all the rules. Yeah. You can't just go, oh, I don't know, put pink on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Well, I never understand how people think that more diversity in the writing staff or design team is somehow bad. Yeah. Because, okay, so I feel, this is how I feel. This is not a scientific fact. Yeah. I feel that sometimes people think like, oh, they were hired only because they're a woman, or only because they're a person of color. It's like, no, that's not entirely true. 
Like, in order to, like, I always think of it as the Geth. The Geth say they are one being, many eyes looking at the same thing. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at a sphere and all you can see is one part of the sphere, that's all you think there is. You think it's a circle. But if someone's standing on the another part of the sphere and another person's standing on a different part of the sphere and you all talk to each other, you realize it's not a circle, it's a sphere. Yep. Yeah. That was a great poll, Mare. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, this all kind of ties into it's really important to hire women because, you know, you can't make games for women if, if you're not one or you, you don't at least, like, talk to one. I mean, can... at some point. <laughs> some yeah. point in development. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some point in development. Anyway. Uh, right, so I completely lost track of where I was. Oh, you, I'm combat. so sorry. Uh, you were talking about how women uh, will make a game that's a little outside More... of their perspective, while men yes. tend to make it gender-neutral, yeah. but for themselves. Yeah, yeah. So, right, okay. Now I remember where it was. So the, the gendering of games, it kind of became sort of embedded into society. You know, I don't really know how that kind of stuff works, but because of Nintendo and they marketed strictly to boys, that's how it became a boys' market. Um, and so they would sell sports games and adventure fantasy games and, you know, things that were kind of childlike and not very, like, complex. Um, and they would sell it to boys. Uh, so, so... Long come. I think it was 1994. I got. I'm. I'm terrible with numbers. Um, <laughs> I'm. All, I'm so paranoid when I say like dates, cause like, again, it's like that mansplaining things. I just. Oh, like, if you get one small thing wrong. Yeah, I get no, like a number. I get wrong. like that. Too, Actually, don't worry. Oh yeah. Yes. I so, get like that too, where I'm so worried about making a small mistake because then if you make a small mistake, everyone's like, "Oh well." Well, you don't I really can't know trust it. anything you say. And it's like yes. if somebody else did that, they would just go like, "Oh, actually, it's blah blah blah." Oh, whoops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I, I want to say 1994. There's this game that comes out called Hawaii High Mystery of the Tiki. Now, this one oh, is. Yeah, it's actually, it's it's crazy. Um, it was designed by the first woman to ever write a Wonder Woman comic. Um, oh, Trina Robbins. Weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, <laughs> the art is really, really pretty and, and stuff like that. But the, there was, like, no budget for this game. I, I can't remember the exact number, but it was, I think it was, like, 5,000. It was abysmally low. You know what that reminds me of? Everyone's like, the gem in the hologram movie sucks. And I'm like, you know, yeah. got a $5 million budget while G.I. Joe got a $100 million yeah. budget? Well, yeah, and it was directed by, I like, the worst. I don't know how they were like, you know who knows women? These guys. Yes. <laughs> These men. Yeah, they'll, they'll know what they're looking for in a gem in the holograms movie. Yes. Not, neither gems Definitely. nor holograms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, for sure. Uh, don't, yeah. Let's not talk it. That's like, uh, that's just okay. like a really She's dark upset. spot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, I like fucking love Jim. I loved Jim. And this Gem. was just like, I was like, oh, your, your childhood? Like, there stop. wasn't fashion. There wasn't fame. Yeah. There wasn't holograms. It was just so far from outrageous. It was. <laughs> it was not outrageous. So, yeah, it was really <laughs> not outrageous. Anyway. <laughs> 
yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm very upset by like Down in the Hologram. I yeah. never, I never even watched it because I just saw the trailers and I was like, that's only gonna piss me off. I'm just yep. gonna sit this one out. Oh my god, you are yeah. so right. How right you are. Uh, which is, can we just talk about? Have any of you guys read the Gem in the Holograms comic? Um, I, you know what I, you know what I did read. Mm. I read the okay, the one that was made by Gem and the Holograms, and she made Amethyst. And it was, you have to read Amethyst. I have it. I got copies of Amethyst for my sister because I loved it so much. Her, her powers are fucking rad, and they canceled it because fuck society. Whoa, okay. Okay, if you read this and no, you I'm found out. You're shouting. I'm shouting because I'm sitting I. right next to you. They, <laughs> I need people to know. Her, she had. Her gem could turn her outfit into anything she thought of. And it was made out of a special, like, cloud thing. It was made out of, like, cloud silk or something. It was awesome. It was so cool. That's like sell your soul to a demon for that shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But no, she didn't have to. That was her power because she's amethyst. Mm -hmm. That's... Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just a long list of injustices. It's really cool. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. But yeah, the Gem and the Holograms comic is like licensed by Hasbro or whatever, and it's like written by this really talented team of women, I think. And I was like, I, like this came out way before the movie. I'm like, you guys didn't, you guys didn't hire those guys to maybe have a, have a say, have a say in the movie? No. No. Nope. Anyway, put them no money and put a man in charge. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, again. Uh, Hawaii High Mystery of the Tea was abysmally low. It had to be marketed as an edu educational game about Hawaii. And there's... It's, it's, I, okay. Yeah. Sure. Let's, uh... Yeah, and it had a... It had... This is so hilarious. In the credits of the game, because I actually played the game for my research, in the credits of the game, there's like... Okay, in the game, there's like this luau that you go to, and it's just like, you know, some people sitting around a fire eating like a like a pig or whatever and at the very end of the game it's the same image of the people sitting around the fire and it says come to trader joe's hawaiian luau's every monday oh <laughs> wow <laughs> like they were so they had so little money to fund this game they had to take out a trader joe's ad i mean jesus um i just want to point out my mom's from hawaii and if somebody saw that from hawaii they would burn it yes <laughs> they would go to the offices <laughs> And, and burn in them alive, but yeah. nobody saw it because yeah, nobody well, this, looked at this. This came Thank back. In the, yeah, this came back out in like. Hello. The n early '90s, so oh, people okay. weren't really quite as conscious of that. Did I cut out? Hello. Uh, I think maybe you were just paused. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was in the '90s, so people weren't really as. Um, conscious as they were nowadays. Although I, no, I think they I'm also talking about I'm talking about people in Hawaii get real mad. Not you think they're chill, they're not. They're mad. Like they said they told me that my dad they were gonna kill him. Not they, but you know what I mean. Whoa. Yeah. What? My dad was dating my mom and uh some locals were like, We're gonna kill you and he was like, I'm gonna go back to my fiance's family. <laughs> yeah. I, I have been to Hawaii, and it's like <clears throat> all the all the tourists there like don't know how like unchill the islanders are about them not being there. Yeah, I went yeah, to it's... college with a girl who was like an like actually from Hawaii, and it was the same thing. She just like hated everything and everybody, and she was telling me about how like she was like I. 
fucking hate living in Hawaii because I hate everybody that comes to visit, and I just, like... Well, because they... Cause they uh, sorry to go off. We, this is Geek Remix. We can't stand on topic tangent. for even a second. That's for one totally second. Oh, this is you. Yeah. Well, Kelly, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's your podcast, you know? Live your truth. Don't your dreams be dreams. <laughs> Okay, okay, so Hawaii high cultural appropriation uh, sexism. <laughs> Whoa, okay. Right, well, I, I should mention that they also did kind of some kind of a partnership with the Hawaii tourism thing or whatever. Um, but the point is that they were just trying to make money to fund the damn game any yep. way that they could. Mm -hmm. So it was a tiny little game. And so this game which it was technically the first game to try, the first, like, part of the Pink Games movement, but it wasn't, like, the thing that got the ball rolling. And there's something, I think if you look it up on TV Tropes, there's something, there's, like, a word for both of these. There's one where it's, like, this is the first person to do it, and then there's, like, another thing, like, this person was not the first person to do it, but they were what made it, like, a thing. Mm -hmm. um, so the game that made it a thing was Barbie Fashion Designer, um, which came out in 1996, I believe. Is that the one we're talking about? Uh, eggs and mints, I'm eating flan. Sorry if you can hear that. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Apologies. Your truth, Tess. Yeah, who thank you. you. Are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, so it was Barbie fashion designer, and it was huge. It sold millions and millions of copies. To and perverted it, yeah. little girls everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and that was the thing. What Hawaii High couldn't do, that Mattel could do, Mattel Interactive, Mattel originally had, like, kind of a software division prior to the Atari games crash. Again, it was one of the companies that kind of, like, locked up shit down its doors after, you know, the, the crash and stuff. But they got started again. And, again, in Barbie vs. Mortal Kombat, they do an, uh, an interview with, I think it's, like, the CEO of, of Barbie Interactive, uh, Mattel Interactive. Uh, and she talks about, like, this is the reason why Hawaii High failed and this game succeeded because Mattel had the money and they had the brand, which yes. was very, very important. So when a, a father went into a PC store to buy some kind of a game and he sees Barbie interactive, he says, I know that my daughter likes Barbie. Um, and I know that Barbie. Yeah, I've got a computer. I know that my daughter likes Barbie and this is something that we can kind of bond over or sort of. That was kind of the idea that they were doing. And, um,. They had a few other games that came out the same year, uh, Mattel did. Uh, I think one of them was like a fantasy story or whatever, but Barbie was the one that was like really, really like crazy amazing. And um, so, <laughs> sorry, I'm just glancing at the comments. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it, 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 was, it, was, it was really incredible. And so they, people started doing studies about this and they kind of discovered the things that kind of, girls were really into when they played the game. And this is the kind of the, the really important part of the Pink Games movement because all the things that were important to sort of quote-unquote gameplay for girls eventually made its way into mainstream games. And Pink Games were the first people to do it and they never got any of the credit for doing that. Here's the um, thing. People don't take shit serious. It's like when I was younger, I was so self-conscious about liking Viva Pinata, liking games like that, because I didn't feel like those were real games. I wasn't a real gamer. I wasn't hardcore. Mm -hmm. And I would go to GameStop and be like, oh, yeah, I'm trading these in. And they'd be like, oh, do you want other games like this? I'd be like, no, no I want I want Call of Duty or whatever. 
And I felt, I just felt like I wasn't, like, cool or whatever, you know, at the fucking video game store. But, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know? Right. And people just um, don't want to give that shit credit, you know? Right. So, yeah, I'm gonna, I, I, so I've kind of given you guys the baseline for pink games and how they've ended up. Um... So just really quickly, like, open-ended play was really important for girls. Story was really important for girls. Um, these are the studies that were done. I'm not so just... So Skyrim be can be accredited to girls. <laughs> oh, 100%. Skyrim, Mass Effect. Uh, yeah, Skyrim is very important. Now, when you see, like, a pick-your-own-dialogue type of game, you're, they're not all the same kind of game. They're, there's a bunch of different kinds of dialogue interactions. There's one where it's, like... Uh, it's called a, like a computer test, and then there's one where you're testing the computers. There's one where the computer's testing you, and then one where you're testing the computer. It reminds and, me of that test where the, the... What's the test for AI where you need to be tested if you can pass as a human? What, uh, Turing. The Turing, Turing test. test? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not quite like that. When, when it says computer test you, it's not like actual testing, but basically there's... Let's say you were presented with three options, it's and like, somebody's... To huh? see whether it's your personality or whether you're testing, like, the character for their personality, for their N personality as opposed to yours, or... I'll explain it. Test is a misleading word, I'm realizing, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's say that you're presented with three options, and a player in the game is asking you a question, and you can't get past them. You know, this is very early adventure game stuff. You can't get past them unless you answer correctly. That's computer testing you. And then there's you testing the computer, and this is what girl games kind of put out there was th there wasn't any kind of there wasn't any kind of pass fail situation. Oh, it was this, you this... talking to the computer and or the game, and it was giving you information just for the pleasure of receiving information. This reminds me of a study that uh, what happened for they were having girls and boys like middle school age girls and boys doing basic coding t classes. And the boys would complete their assignment as per asked. Like, okay, I did it. And then the girls would be a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say more creative because that would be kind of dismissive to the, to the boys. But, like, in a more obtuse way where yeah. you had to be a little bit more involved, which I thought yeah. was interesting. Yeah, so the, the, the Pink Games movement <clears throat> kind of created this sort of player testing computer where it was more about you talking to the game and getting information for the game just for the pleasure of getting information for the game and you weren't necessarily tested by that there was a game that came out called Mackenzie and Co which was um, uh, one, one of the first kind of like story type games where it was all about you picking out a social role and it wasn't so much about you know being good or bad. It, I mean, again, it was like one of the first early games. And if any of you guys are... <laughs> the story for Mackenzie and Co. is, is fucking bonkers. Like, um, the, the woman who worked on it, she was like the, the director of it or whatever, it was basically handed down to her from the company that she was working with. And people just had a box of videotapes because it included like live-action videotapes in the game. And they were just, like, passing them down. Pass like, nobody wanted to fucking touch this project because this was before girl games were, like, really a big thing. And she got it, and she's like, okay, I guess we have to make a game out of this? And her boss was crazy. Her boss was, like, would, like, like give her a car one day and then, like, scream at her and tell her that she was trying to, like, 
up uproot her or something the next day. It was insane. And she like put out this game and it actually sold really, really well. Um, but of course, um, it was for girls, so nobody took it seriously. But uh, if you ever want like a really fun story, look up the history of Mackenzie and Co. The oral history. Is it fair to say then if girl games are the ones that wanted to test the computer more and have the interactive experience, is it fair to say that a lot of the interactive things we see today, like in Skyrim with the dialogue choices and in oh, early yes. Fallout games with the dialogue choices and like, you know, the romances and in oh, yeah. Bioware <laughs> games, is that fair to say? Every game that, every modern romance in a game is absolutely, uh, entirely due to, to pink games. Like, they were absolutely the first people to do that. What about Prior the dialogue that, systems? Like, in the yes, early fallouts? Yes, very similar. Well, I don't know about the early fallouts, but, like, Skyrim and Mass Effect, I know, those kinds of dialogue systems were very heavily inspired by pink games, for sure. Because prior to this, um, dating games and other kind of interactive games were all about what stats did you have. Like, there's, there's still those games out there where it's like, you know, you have to study, and that way you can impress the girl or whatever. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um... But Pink Games was like, no, you don't give them gifts, you don't do that kind of, you just talk to the character and you sort of have, behave in the way that the character is interested in and that's how they get to like you. Like, yes, all of those games owe it to Pink Games, but of course they don't get any of the credit because uh, it's Pink yeah. Even in my own mind, right now, I still have a hard time giving credit towards what people would call quote-unquote Pink Games, you yeah. know, even though that's not true, you know what I'm yeah. saying? It's yeah. I I honestly can't even think of any. But Would I, you? I don't. I didn't play any when I was a kid. The closest thing I think I played because I played like, I, I played Yoshi Story. Is that I don't, a pink game? That's which is not a pink game. I'm pretty sure. But yeah. I it here's the thing. I've it's just been so ingrained in me because of the way. I guess gamers view girly games. I just I it's hard for me to. I don't know. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we can talk about that too because, um, and anytime that something is kind of like important, again, like it's the same thing with programming or whatever, guys would automatically push women out of it. And a really good example of that, and this is like another story, I'm basically now just going to tell you stories about how fucked up the industry is based <laughs> on the research that I've done. Good. We love so, it. So now we're gonna, yeah, now we're going to talk about Candy Crush Saga and uh, Tetris. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Tetris was a game designed by Alex Vyatnov. Um, its history is well documented in several video game history books. But uh, it pretty much made the Game Boy, uh, the handheld Game Boy, it was uh, one of the biggest selling games for that title. And I believe it is one of the best selling games of all time. Um, it's named by a lot of people as the most perfectly designed game. And uh, Tetris is a casual game uh, by all standards. But, um, of course, for some reason, males like to, or gamers sometimes like to distinguish it from Candy Crush Sega or something like that. Um, they'll either try to dismiss it as, oh, Candy Crush Sega is pay what you want or whatever. But any kind of tile matching game, you know, like Chuzzle, Bejeweled, Bejeweled is very important. Um, all these games, it, Tetris absolutely fits into that uh, slot. But men try to distinguish Tetris as a more cerebral game. Um, and it's totally it's not a casual game. It's true! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but prior to the Tetris was a huge hit, and prior to, it was due to the fact that women would buy the game just as much as men did. Um, there's a specific it quote. Was a largely untapped market that people actually realized was important. Uh, no, this oh. was yeah. <laughs> They just, I mean, it was just like a general market kind of thing. It was, um, I, I think in, I want to say it was the history book, All Your Games Belong to Us, but there was a specific quote, um, something like Alex was like, or some of the producers were trying to decide what game to, to kind of license for the Game Boy, and one of them said like, oh, boys already like to play Mario or something, and that will sell the Game Boy. And one of them said, well, if you want everyone to play the Game Boy you put Tetris on it. And and it was true. And because Tetris kind of had a... Well, it was a casual game. It was what people today would call a casual game. If Tetris came out today, it would be called a casual game. Well, it's like low barrier to entry. Anybody can get into it. There, yeah. It's very gender neutral. Easy to learn, difficult yep. to master. Yeah. And uh, so, so, yeah, but like nowadays... Casual games have just this completely, they're absolutely associated with women 100%, um, and, and people don't take them seriously. And that's because uh, as soon as the mobile game market came out, developers started creating these types of games. Well, even before that, Bejeweled, it was open-ended play, you know, it was easy to pick up, and it was, you know, those kinds of features that were, that were good for... Um, Bejeweled got really popular with housewives, women who just didn't have a lot of time to play games, but, you know, wanted something to pass the time. And that's kind of how it got branded as a casual game. Um, and then the mobile market came out in games like Candy Crush Saga. I, I hate having to cite Candy Crush Saga because I hate the company King, but yeah. whatever. It's still important historically, so I, I do have to say it. Um, but yeah, guys, don't play Candy Crush Saga. Um, it's developed by literally the devil. Um, <laughs> the bad devil, uh, not the good devil. Yeah, the bad, the bad devil of companies. Anyway, so, uh, so, so yeah, like just the comparison of the attitude toward Tetris, how popular it is, and the attitude toward Bejeweled and games like Candy Crush Saga is just another example of how guys will... The only thing that really makes one game quote-unquote better than the other is its audience. Guys did not take any of those other games seriously because they were primarily played by women. And I'm it's sure like you guys... Have... Uh, with, uh, with Undertale, where a lot of guys, and I'm not trying to say all guys, because it's not all men, not all guys, <laughs> there's tons, more majority of men, awesome. It's just a few loud weirdos will be like, Undertale sucks, blah, blah, blah. But you know why? Because it's popular with girls. Undertale is popular with teenagers and girls. I can't <laughs> chime in here. Have not played Undertale. I, I don't know much about the history of Undertale, so so same. <laughs> people don't take it seriously. They say it's not a real game, even though Undertale is literally the apex of everything that is a game. It, it uses every single game trope, is a game, uses game mechanics to tell the story, but people will call it not a game because it's popular on, like, Tumblr. With, with on Tumblr and with girls and stuff, because mm -hmm. it's an emotional game. Yeah, and it's it sold like ten million copies or something like that. Yeah. I don't cite me on that. But oh, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is sold a billion copies. It's sold billions. It's taken over the world. Yeah, but Toby you know Fox is about. sitting real pretty right now. Um, oh wait, sold a million sure. copies. Stacey yeah. can look it up. Yeah. I'm looking up right now. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, gamers or some gamers have a, a long history of just what is the word? Delegitimizing anything that women 
happen to like more than men. The not a game argument is a very popular one. I'm sure you guys have also heard 50% of video game players are women. And what's the one number one fucking thing that you hear whenever someone quotes that Those stat? Those are casual games. And then yes. when we show people our stats, it's like our stats of who watches our shit. It's like, oh, well, then let's players don't, let's play videos don't really represent who plays the games. And I'm like, yeah. how many fucking, what do I need to show you? What do I yeah. need to show you to make you believe? Like, what do I need to do? Because yes. clearly, no matter what I show you, and also, like, 50% of Xbox owners are women. Yeah. Like, fuck, you know? Yeah, so it's just another thing of, Every time that a woman gets her hands on it, it's, you know, delegitimizing. That's just the history of pink games. It's the same I thing. I internalize it. That's yeah. how bad it is. Yeah. I, and I, I did too when I was much younger. I, I'll, I'll tell this story really briefly, but I was really, really ashamed of my own femininity when I was younger. Um, same. I would, yeah. Same. And, uh, but I, I have to thank Sailor Moon for that, I think, was really the turning point for me. Um, I mentioned it in a lot of stuff that I talk about, but yeah. Sailor Moon was like the first thing that I was like, oh, you can be girly and awesome at the same time. And so, yeah. That's why we needed things like My Little Pony, but no! We gotta get weird about that shit, too. So, <laughs> as of January 28th, Undertale has sold just under a million copies on Steam. But that's, uh, how many months ago? January 28th? Yeah. That's... Four months ago? I don't know, Mario. What month is it? March? April? <laughs> uh, no, seriously, do you need me to tell you what month it is, though? It's, it's April. April. Okay. It's April. I don't want to hold out on you, since it says so right there. Where? Where does on it your, say it? On the screen. Oh. That says for Stacy. It doesn't say April. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tess, as you were saying... Well, I'm, that's one of the stories. I think the other story I'm going to tell you um, is, is about Pac-Man. And this goes before the video game crash, but this is really interesting. Pac-Man was a real game, Miss Pac-Man was casuals. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Pac-Man was actually designed for women. Uh, it was, one of the, I think, one of the first like, really big games that was just designed with women in mind. It's the and first anytime... social justice game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, design, the designer noticed that a lot of men were going to the arcades and it really wasn't a very friendly, there wasn't like a game that really appealed to women. So he tried to use, and this was before they even figured out what it was, so, you know, props to him for figuring it out. But he's like, women want something that's not necessarily very violent. He put a lot of cute characters in there, you know, things that the he thought would appeal to women. that are adorable. Do you know if yeah. you talk to a real woman, a real girl? I do not know. It doesn't say in the history books, but hopefully I hear you had did. a girlfriend who lived in Canada. <laughs> oh. Oh. Our drags. Our drag. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so he designed it for women. And this, is, I, this was such a fascinating story to me. When he pitched it, I think it was Namco, the company that he was using, you know, Namco or Taito. Forgive me for getting it wrong. I, I don't have the book in front of me. But he pitched it, and there were like a group of... I think about five other games that were in, involved. And everyone in the marketing business, there was another game that was like a racing game, and you would, you know, so, you know, more for guys, I guess. And everyone kind of banked on that game being kind of the big hit that year, that summer or whatever. Haha, <laughs> suckers. Thank you, Infinite Nine. Infinite Nine says it's Namco. Um, so... Yeah, so all the people were like, let's order more cabinets for this other, I think it was called Racer X. And uh, 
so they put it out and Pac-Man just wildly outsold Racer X. It was huge. And the reason for that was women players. There so is a document. bigger market, basically. Uh -huh. So twi yeah, well, twice the market as there was. Sorry, yeah. 50% bigger. It might not have necessarily been twice as much. You know, it didn't attract every woman, but it definitely attracted more. a lot more women. Um, and so uh, there's, there's a really excellent uh, arcade, I think, documentary. I want to say it's... Um, Enter coin or something like that. Uh, 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 <laughs> um, so it, it and it talked about they had like a whole five minute segment about this explosion of women gamers in the arcade, and all that the women gamers would do is play Pac-Man. It was just a, an absolute. Pac-Man was huge. It just can, can I just like sorry to interrupt you, but no, go like, ahead. People talk about like. Oh, well, the free market should make a decision, blah, blah, blah. Well, the free market, like, a lot of the times, the free market is controlled by people who are... Not in, the market? Not the market or people who assume they know what the free market is. But in reality, like, imagine, like, all these people keep missing opportunities because they think, this is what the market is, this is what the free market is telling us is what the market is. And there's so many examples where people went... Well, what if the free market wasn't this? What if we made it so it was a little bit more open, so we could attract different a different audience? Then we can make so much money, and people just go no, because the free market is controlled by people who all, all humans have biases. I have biases. Stacy has biases. Tess has biases. Things that tell us something that's probably sexist against guys or women or non-binary people like, and stuff that... like that. And we make mistakes, so sometimes the free market is wrong. Or okay. just, like, things that, like, say, like, you know how Tess was saying that guys would design games that were like, oh, like, I'll design it for me, what I want. The world is full of people who design, like, the game that they would want to play, which is fine, but if you only, which is why if you end up with only the same type of person, you're going to end up with the same types of games. Exactly. Yeah, uh, to just to be clear, the free market excuse is 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 kind of a lie, and it's one that people who are trying to delegitimize female gamers and female games, it's the one that they tell because it's the one that works for them most consistently because they know that the free market is usually not free. But anytime that somebody actually does make a game well, and if markets it, was it, actually for real, the free market, like in in the strict definition of free market, then yes. But it's usually said by people who are not practicing the free market. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, what was that? Remember Me? I think that was the game. Oh, yeah. yeah. The game they, didn't, didn't do... they didn't advertise it, and then it did poorly, and they're like, see? Exactly. See how it is? And you're like, no, dude. What? Yeah. So yeah, anytime you're looking about, at a game and people aren't taking it seriously, um, I hope that you know some of the history here, and there's so much more about the Pink Games history. I just looked into it because I... I just love pink games, and I, it's kind of me sort of trying to make up for my childhood, I guess. Again, I was really ashamed of my femininity when I was younger. And so now I'm just kind of making use of my time, trying to embrace it and really look at the history of pink games. And God, it's story after story that will just make you really pissed off about the games industry. But, um, yeah, so that's... I'm that's sure it's pretty bad for, like... Other demographics of people, too, but this is just the subject of the game right now. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, it's, I think to me that one is the most, uh, well, it's relevant to me and also 
it's 50% of the population. Yeah. Um, so it's crazy. And if you guys are interested in the history of pink games, I highly recommend that you check out uh, the Femicom Museum, F-E-M-I-C-O-M. Um, and it's run by Rachel Mill. I always forget her last name. Um, but she is collecting artifacts about pink games and really documenting the history. And she helped me out a lot with my research. So shout out to her. Shout out to the Femicom Museum. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm basing uh, Charmixy kind of on a lot of those principles, and I hope in the future that the games that I make will just be unashamedly feminine. Of course, nowadays, you know, you don't have to be. A, yeah, nowadays, gender is like really, really uh, a very good. fluid. No, yeah, it's like fluid. a fluid concept. So you don't. Have, you obviously you don't have to be a girl to appreciate these things. But um, I know I, I talk shit about bronies, but you know bronies are cool because they're like I like it. Deal with it, world. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Deal uh, with it. Deal with it. I like My Little Pony. <laughs> you yeah. know. But yeah, that's really nice about bronies. I think the really problem came in was when they started, you know, doing the same thing as pushing women out of the, out yeah, of the pushing hobby. Pushing women out of the bronies, dude. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Let them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of Charmixie and uh, the other games in the future that I hope to make. Uh, Tell I really people just about wanna... Charmixie. Yeah, 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 because it's really cute. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, for those of you who don't know, I'm making a game called Charmixie Witch Academy. Uh, it's a tile-based uh, battling game, kind of. I guess it's a, if anyone's ever played Tetris Attack, it's very, very similar if you have that. Um, and it also involves kind of like an interacting with sort of witches in this little kind of witch academy. You know, it's very cute, it's very pink and girly and stuff like that, uh, things like that that I like. Um, it recently had its dating, we were going to have dating, but we had to have it removed because we're running out of time and nobody is paying us for this. So, um, but if you'd like to change that, go to patreon.com slash the Monster and give me money. But yeah. uh, I'm going to make the game one way or another. Type, it, type in the chat, please. Oh, sure, sure. Um, here, let me get the link. And then I can put it in the link in the description when this goes up. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Um, there's that. And the Tumblr for the game, which is kind of the development blog, is that. Hang on. Geek Remix did do a thing of that Geek Remix fan, and when the game is out, I'm sure that they will probably do, like, a quick look or something like that. I hope so. Anyway. Absolutely not. Unacceptable. Nope. No, okay. that's nepotism. Right. Can't All right, do cool. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess the podcast is over then. Uh, goodbye. No. Um, oh, yeah. wait. But, so, yeah, so, um, I, I'd like to briefly talk, if it's okay, about, because um, I just want to vent. I just want to rant now. Yeah. Oh, wait, 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 before the juicy rant, we got to talk yeah. about Audible books. No, before the juicy rant, I have to pee. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. You go sure. pee, and then I will talk about my Audible book, and okay. she'll talk about, okay? Okay. Oh, sure. uh, oh, shit. Do I have a book? Go! Go pee! This is a live podcast. We can't edit it. <laughs> uh, okay, what book? Oh, yeah. Lately, I've been listening to, I don't know if I talked about this last time, but it's, uh, it's, fuck, shit, I don't know. Uh, I forgot what the name of it. Oh, The Burning Sky. It's written by a woman who usually does romance mo novels, thinking of pink things, and she decided she wanted to write, um, a fantasy novel. It's about an elemental mage. Oh, yeah, I already did talk about that. Tess, do you have a book? I'm getting nervous because this is live. Oh gosh, I don't. I don't listen to Audible books that much. I just have books that I. You uh, yeah. read them with your eyes. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a loser like that. <laughs> I, I want an Audible, like, kind of subscription, but I, I think you have to, like, pay for the subscription, and then you have to, like, pay for the books, which is just, like... No, 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 that's not how it works. Okay, no? so you, you, for the Geek Remix trial, you get one free book. Okay. And then you pay a monthly fee, and that monthly fee will give you a free book, a book every month. Oh, wow. Oh, wait, wait. Okay, Stacey, explain it. Oh, my goodness. I leave for 30 seconds. And it's all gone to shit. Okay. <laughs> so, when you when you go to audibletrial.com slash geekremix, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial, which includes a free book. Uh-huh. If you then decide to get a membership, you can either pay for a membership that gets you two free books, like two books a month or one book a month. Oh, that's, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so you don't that's have to pay it for is. it on top. You don't, yeah, you don't, you don't pay for the trial. Oh, cool. Wow, you guys, that sounds like a really great deal. Audible.com slash eGreemix. AudibleTrial.com. AudibleTrial. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I'm going to sign up right now. Well, and the nice thing about it is that for anybody that, like, it's a free trial, so, like, you can sign up and listen to a free book. Yeah, that's it. That's Scammed. It. So Scammed. So if, if all you want is a free book, then go for it. Yeah, scammed. <laughs> um, so, yeah. did you tell them about a book? Uh, I, I was telling about a book, but then I realized halfway through that I was still talking about the same series I did last time. Oh, okay. Wait, was it Cruel Crown? No. Oh, what, okay. What's Cruel Crown? That's about, that's Glass Sword and Red Oh, that's Queen. the name of the series? No, last time I no, talked about The Burning Sky. No, that's the third book. In the, is, is it, is it out? Not the third book. It's like that, you, you didn't read it? It's the, it's like the, okay. Oh, the prequel. Yeah. Okay, cool. I haven't read the prequel. I have it on my phone, though. Is it juicy? So, something to keep in mind. So, shut up, Siri. Shut <laughs> up. Um, okay, so Cruel Crown is like the prequel. It contains two stories. One is uh, Corianne. That was the queen before. The queen. The queen that gave birth to. That was Cal's mom. To Cal, yeah, okay. And then. Fart, Captain Farley. <laughs> I thought you were going to say fart. Captain Fart. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a new character we haven't met yet. It's Captain Fart. Oh, um, oh, by the way, everyone keeps asking me about this. The name of the book where the princess is what I would call, to simplify it, a trans woman princess. Oh, yes. Is the Bone Dolls Twin. It's on Audible. You can get it for one credit. Uh, it's it's the first book of the Tamir trilogy. I'm gonna type it. The Bone Dolls Twin. I get asked about this all the time. It's called the Bone Dolls Twin. This girl is born. All the women in her family are murdered because it's a wolf, mother to daughter kingdom, queendom, I should say. And one of the sons. It's a, ma it's a matriarchy. It's a matriarchy, queendom. And so one of the guys kills all the women in the family except for his sister. And she gives birth to twins. And they kill... They don't kill the boy twin, but they were going to make it so he was never alive. But they fucked it up. So now he's a ghost. And uh, they give her his body. So she grows up inside of her brother's body. But she's a woman. And eventually... And she doesn't know that. She doesn't know that she's actually a woman. She thinks that... She's a boy, and she has feelings of being a girl, 
and she has to grow up like that. And also one day she has to become the queen and a warrior queen because they, she's the one of the warrior queens. That's what they were called, warrior queens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bone Doll's twin. Okay. I, I have, okay, I just looked this up while you guys were talking, and I found a book that I had read, but that I really liked, and it is available on audiobooks. So, Fuck yeah, what is yeah. it? It's called Evil Genius. It's written by Katherine Jenks. And do you guys know those kinds of books about, um, like, oh, this is like in a, like a school for like special people or whatever? Yes. Um, so this one is a school. A school. For mutants. It's a school for evil people. Um, <gasps> like, and they train them to become evil geniuses. Oh and, my god. And it's, it's like, it's, it's so, ugh, I'm trying not to spoil it, but it does not turn out the way that you think. Like, it, it, pitches you the premise of, like, an evil genius school, and then it, like, really runs with it. So, like, everyone in the school is evil, and they're trying to kill each other all the time. Um, and it's just a, it's a fun read. It's a fun oh read. Oh, God. Yeah. That so I enjoyed awesome. that one. Yeah, I enjoyed that one, and I think you guys will like it. So what I have been reading this past week is the book Willful Child, which is by Steven Erickson. So, Willful Child is a parody of Star Trek, and it is hilarious. It's like, there's so many, there's so many, like, little things that they make fun of Star Trek for, but it's like, it's actually like, it's like a, it's a good story to listen to. It's like a fan fiction. Like, you know how, you know how some parodies, it's like a one-trick pony, once you get over the joke, then the rest of the books, then the rest of it's not interesting? This is, like, it keeps making fun of things the whole time, and, um, and, and I would laugh about things, like, while I was on the train listening to it, and then I'd be like, oh my god, that's so funny, and then I'd be like, wow, the fact that I know why that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> really? Subspace tech hands over right, really? <laughs> idiot. Oh, you mean? <laughs> really? You that's, mean... Not, that's not how the warp drive works, Worf. You idiot. <laughs> Somebody, when they're really excited and trying to tell you about something, 
Oh, right. yeah, because Tess, she was so mad, and she was telling me, I thought it was the coolest shit I'd ever heard in my life, and she was so excited that I cared. <laughs> yeah, because, like, I, I had a good friend, um, this, this had, is past a, tense. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's no longer among the living. <laughs> he's still a good friend, you know, he just didn't know what he was doing, but it, like, really pissed me off, because so... Let me talk about this. I didn't mention this before, but when I was talking about the game Hawaii High Mystery of the Tiki, and this reference is the first pink game post the crash, um, I was really excited about this because the game that sort of cites this called um, Barbie vs. Mortal Kombat, I've mentioned it previously, mm -hmm. cited this woman as Trina Roberts. Um, but her actual name was Trina Robbins. <gasps> and so, yeah, so I was the person who kind of discovered who she was, and, like, the book just cites her, like, really, really wrong. It said that she, like, invented Wonder Woman, which is not true. Wonder Woman was invented by this guy who was, like, obsessed in with s and 1920. Yeah. <laughs> is, she a, is she, like, a Highlander? Does she live forever? Like, what? Yeah, but anyway, she cited as Trina Roberts, but she, her name was actually Trina Robbins. So I found her. I tracked her down. No, um... <laughs> <laughs> I found her, and I sent her an email, and she agreed to go on sort of like an interview. Um, oh, so wow. this summer, I'm going to be interviewing her at Comic-Con, um, and and we're going to put that up on the Femicom Museum, and that's going to be really, really exciting. And it's, she's just going to tell us about her experience creating Hawaii High Mystery of the Tiki, which is a story that nobody's gotten in yeah. 16 years, um, all because of a Can typo. Can imagine because... she's like alone, sitting in the dark, being like, nobody cares, and then she, you, she gets a call from you? Oh, no. That's not true at all, but <laughs> because one hundred percent true. Well, she's like super, super famous in the comic book industry. She's like a huge person <laughs> in the comic book industry. Um, but not a lot of people know about her contribution to the to the video game industry, um, which is a real shame. Mari's like, I've never heard of her. She's not famous. She's sitting in the dark. She's oh, sitting in right. the dark. All right. Don't take sitting in the dark. Take games seriously. I'm a monster. I'm sitting in the dark, weeping silent tears. <laughs> she says, I'm going to Comic-Con. She kisses all of her cats. Packs <laughs> <laughs> her bags and just gets out of Because today, I'm going out. <laughs> you won't see me for at least two days. <laughs> How do you feel about that, Fluffy? We're going miss places. Me. Cat walks away, like whatever. Oh yeah. <laughs> She's like doing like a musical number, and it's like a cat just like licking its ass in the background. Anyway, um, For Buttersworth, I'm going. It'll be like her own version of like Good Morning Baltimore. Yeah. But with cats. But with cats. I'm going to Comic Con. <laughs> She's dancing around. All the cats start dancing. Yeah. The cats don't want to dance, though. They don't want to dance. They don't yeah. want to dance. They all look really grumpy about it. Cats They're tied dance. to strings. They you hate guys, it. cats don't dance. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so so this was a discovery that was huge for me. I discovered this at midnight in my friend's college dorm. It's just the two of us. I'm with my programmer, Salty. He helps me. Um, create sort of like an emulator for DOS, because DOSBox, um, the, the regular emulator DOSBox couldn't run the game, so he had to do some programming voodoo shit. So we're all sitting there at midnight looking at the credits of this game. I'm imagining this as if you're in the movie Hackers. Yeah, they were the, the very similar. 
Whatever's <laughs> happening on the screen is being projected onto your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like. How did they not go blind shooting those scenes? Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Um. My sorry. I dropped salty. My okay. My programmer's name is salty. salty. Yeah. No, that's his real name. That's his real name. He he was born. They looked at his face and like that's a salty boy, and that's his name. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but right, so <laughs> so we're working on and it was like super exciting. It was like a real ah, it felt like journalism, it felt like adventure. Shit was happening. Um so <laughs> felt like journalism. Yeah. We were uncovering so I, some shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Like like I discovered something about history a history that I was excited about and you know, it felt really, really fun. And so I'm on Twitter, I'm talking about it, I'm like, oh my god, you guys, I made this incredible discovery. Da, 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 da. And one of my friends is like, well, you got to tell me about the discovery. It's like, well, it has to do with the history of girls' games. And this is when I knew I was in trouble. He's oh, like, boy. oh, well, why don't you tell me about it? Because I'm a big history buff. Maybe I can tell you more. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Red flag. Red fucking flag. <laughs> Red fucking flag. Yeah. And that so, is the last time I saw him, officer. Yes. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> so, so, so I'm telling him about it, and oh God, I just I'm getting I'm getting the shakes just thinking about this. So, she's angry. Wow. She's so mad that she's shaking. Yeah, yeah. So I I didn't even get so like I'm studying the Pink Games movement. I'm telling him about this, and I was like, so the first Pink Game ever made was called Hawaii High Mystery of the Tiki. And that was Did he all say actually. That was all that I had to say. That was all that I had to say. And for two hours, he, the first word was like, well actually <laughs> Oh no. And then for two hours he just talked about all these other games that were by his definition pink games. What were they? And well he did bring up some interesting things, but they, he just was, like, so off. Okay, one of them, which I'm actually researching, is called Napple Tail, which is not the first pink game. It came out in, like, 2000 or whatever. Oh, and it was my God. Cast, but it's actually a cool game because it was developed by an all-female an, an all team, which it was very, very rare back in those days. Um, and I want to look it up, but it's, it was never ported to the United States, and it's for the Sega Dreamcast, so uh, I'm probably going to have to learn. I'm learning Japanese currently. Just so that I can play, you know, uh, old games that haven't been ported and, you know, be able to talk to people who made those games. That's kind of my goal right now. I just want uh, to point out that Katamari Damacy just made me roll up God and then it was a woman, so. Oh, righteous. <laughs> so, just pointing that out. Anyway, continue. So, so yeah, he goes, well, actually, and rants about it for, like, two hours. And I'm just, like, sitting there and... <laughs> Pyrosaurus. Fuck you, man. <laughs> sorry. Uh, anyway. Pyrosaurus says, I'm starting to think Tess is salty. <laughs> that was a good one. Good one. Um, so, so, so he just rants about it for two hours, and I didn't even get to, I didn't even get to the story of the exciting discovery that I had made, because he was so obsessed with having to be right and having to prove me wrong. And then he was like, so, uh, what did you want to, like, I, I tried to be, like, passive-aggressive about it, you know? And just be like, oh. 
Yeah, I was like, oh, wow, it's really great that you told me, you know. And he was like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, like, I didn't mean to, like, be, like, intrusive or whatever. And then he kept talking! <laughs> and then... <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there, and by the time he finally, like, fucking shuts up, he's like, well, what did you want to tell me? And he's like, is that what you wanted to tell me? And I was like, yep. That's all I found. You were right. You know, I guess I was like, my discovery was that it was the first game, which that was not the discovery because it was written in a book, history book. And I just left it there. And, you know, so I was like, no, that's, that's it. That's the story. And I didn't tell him the story because fuck that guy. Um, but we're friends now. Uh, <laughs> Your Honor. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Still, Still friends. friends, yeah. Do you know how he's doing? I haven't heard from him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. He said he was going to Canada. I, haven't, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. I, I heard he withdrew a lot of money from his bank account, you know, a few days. For the trip. So. For the trip. For the trip. Uh, so, yeah. So and, and that was just really upsetting. And I... It, it just occurred to me. Like, he was a friend. He wasn't, like, an ignorant person or anything. And it was it just, like, one of those experiences that I had where I was like... I can never talk about this at a panel. I can never talk about this at some kind of an official event because I'd be so terrified of somebody like standing up to me and in front of everyone being like, well, actually, da 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 da, this, this, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, or like, again, like if I got a date wrong or something in my presentation, that oh. someone would be so obliged to be like, well, actually, yeah, I just, uh, yeah. like, fuck, just let people talk, man. Don't worry, I get that same anxiety whenever I make a video about anything where I'm like, no, it has to be absolutely perfect because there will be people who just discredit me. It doesn't happen as much anymore because I've built up a pretty good reputation, so but powerful. still. Huh? What? You're powerful, you can, you can, um, take care of anybody who, uh. Yeah, I have connections. You. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're like our own little mob over here. Yeah, We can take care of them. You know, send them on a nice trip. Yeah. Down the river. No, uh, send a catamari after him. Send a yeah. few, you know, tie a few catamaris to their ankles and make them go wading in the river. Turn them into stardust, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. so that was my rant. Thank you for listening to Well... That. You know, you are welcome to talk about all that stuff here because we... We love to complain. Well, we don't expect everybody <laughs> to be exact on dates. I mean... Facts. We're... I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, as long as... We're, we, don't pur- we don't purport to be, like, a historical, you know, textbook. Right. We're... As long as you get, like, your facts basically straight, you know... Actually, right. it was 1993. Yeah. Not five. Yeah. You know. No, that's the, that's why I'm really passionate about this subject, and I, I'm really happy. Like, I, I think this is probably the only place where I'd really be able to talk about it, uh, or let loose about it in any capacity, because I know that you guys are, like, super chill, and you're not going to be, like, dicks about it, so <laughs> thank you well, for what that. What are we going to do? No, you're wrong, Tess. We don't know yeah. anything about it, but all we know is that you're wrong. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. I, I think if I were ever to do this at a panel or something, I, I don't think that I ever would. But, like, if anybody ever tries to correct me, I'm just looking in the eye and be like, mm, can you cite your source, please, sir? Can you cite your, cite your sources there? I don't know. 
Anybody, I, uh, actually, I'm a professor of video games. Shit! Yeah. <laughs> well, I need to see some degrees. Need to see your degree? <laughs> yeah, but I, I, anyway. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you guys want to talk about? I've been talking this whole podcast. I don't know. Do we no, have any news? That's, that's, well, because, okay, so Mari and I were talking about this on the way over here, and I was like, I don't think I'm going to have a whole lot of input on this, because I don't think I played any pink games, and therefore don't know anything well, about But we know them. how to yell about men. <laughs> <laughs> just, we're just kidding. We don't hate men. <laughs> well, I don't know. Although, <laughs> you know, I did play, I used, as people have probably heard me mention this on the podcast before, I used to be, like, obsessed with Fashion Story, like, obsessed with it, like, would be hanging out with people and ignore them to play the game on my phone instead. I was oh. glad that I was able to talk about how I've internalized a lot of the whole, like, am I a real gamer? Like, who gives a shit? Remember you know? when we first started recording stuff and you would have to tell me that all the time? Yeah. And I'd be like, Stacey, there's literally thousands of hours of proof. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of the, you know, okay, so a lot of the overall analytical things that I say, I'm glad that I'm like this now. I'm happy that I am because basically I gain something positive from adversity. But the reason why, like, a lot of my videos are so in-depth, where they have so much information, is because I don't want to be questioned. I don't think a lot of people realize this, but they will question a female YouTuber a lot more about oh, yeah. video games than they will about a guy. They just will. So I always have that in my mind when I'm making a video, where yeah. I'm like, no, I'm going to be questioned of this, like, yeah. it just it happens more. So yeah, I need to have every single little bit covered where I think there's going to be this question. I can't be like, no, they're going to give me the benefit of the doubt. I have to be like, I need to cover this. I need to explain why this is like this. And any counterpoint to that, I need to have. So, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely, it's, it's definitely such bias. I'm not going to say that, like, women are, like, inherently, like, better at these things, but I do know for a fact that, like, women in this industry and who are streamers and Let's Players have to push themselves to be, like, just a cut above everybody else just and because... It's, and it's not because women are better. It's because... They're they're pressured. They, to, to be considered equal, they actually yeah. have to be better, which is ridiculous. And I'm not saying that women are smarter or, or better or whatever. I'm not saying that. I'm saying... In order to make it, you have, you have, you're gonna have this like weird psychological thing where you always feel like you have to be the best, otherwise you're the worst. Well, the same could be said of a lot of different, you know, that are, that could be applied to a lot of different areas, like yeah. the quality of a person's work if they're like, uh, if they come from a from a group of people that is normally cut out of that area, they will work that much harder. And because then they'll they have don't... imposter syndrome. Yes. Yeah. 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 And 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 it's the opposite true for men too. Is if you were to do a presentation and a guy were to stand up and be like, actually, it's this, 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 and this, he could be he could be lying. But the fact that he is a man, everyone would just assume that he was right and you were wrong. Like that's it's very internalized. You know. I uh, I internalize it a lot. Yeah. Where I feel like I'm always going to be questioned, I'm always going to be told I'm wrong, and I have to have every single point touched 
you know, otherwise it's all falls apart. I mm. don't know. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> wow. I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. <laughs> Feels kidding. good. Feels yeah. good to bitch. This is welcome to the bitch stream. Yeah. We're, we're not bitches. We're just bitching. Welcome to the bitch cast. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I hope that some guys listened to this and didn't go, wow, they love to complain, but rather went, they're complaining a lot because of this. You yeah. Know? Mm -hmm. I, I, for sure. I, I don't hate guys, obviously. Um, this is kind of like a weird place to bring it up, but I think I identify more gender-wise with, with males and females. I, I'm definitely kind of in that in-between zone. So I, I always try to look at it from both perspectives. So I don't think that guys are like horrible people. Like, don't no, get that no, impression no. of me. 90% um, of guys, awesome. Yeah. And it's just that like, guys don't usually get to see what it is to be treated like that. So then when you tell them what it feels like, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never seen them. Like, yeah, because you're a guy. Like, why would you see it? Why would you? are not there. Like, I know. Well, it's like sometimes you have to, people have to work harder to see things through the lens of somebody who doesn't have their privilege. Absolutely. And I'm sure there's plenty of guys who have shitty experiences with women in industries that they want to be in, but women dominate. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and relating to the subject, if you got if you're a guy and you want to help women out, like first of all, give legitimacy to games that you think are dumb, like pink games and stuff. Even if like silly flash games about pregnancy on on flash, you know, mm. you should consider every game as valuable. Um, and hire more women. That's very important. Uh, as much as I like to make fun of those games that are flash games where it's like you're an EMT, like or whatever. You gotta take into consideration that they're having the, the little girl playing as an EMT, even if it's the weirdest thing you've ever seen in your life. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> or like when they had, you know, like Elsa at the dentist. Yeah. Well, well yeah, like, maybe there's yeah. maybe there's a girl out there who loves Frozen and wants to be a dentist. You know, you yeah. don't know. I know it's like <laughs> really know? fucking weird, but at the same time, like you know, that's the pretty, yeah. that's like cool. I, you know, I do think that those games are they're either developed as jokes or they're developed maybe by. Uh, I know that a lot of them are developed in like Hong Kong and Taiwan and by people who may not even understand that it's like weird um, <laughs> over here. I don't know, but. Um, the flash game movement is really interesting because there was kind of the dress up movement. Oh, I didn't talk about the dress up movement, but um, I mean, any type, of Go for any type it. of character customization that you have in games is absolutely attributed to to girl games. You know, it it wasn't all about uh, dressing up just for dressing up's sake. Was definitely from the pink games movement, um, and and dress up games got there's an article on Kotaku which I don't 100% agree with because the person just starts up like dress up games are shit but here's how important they are I'm just like dress up games are important and they're not shit they're not shit to everybody um oh, but also like doesn't have to be great for everybody also there are actual children that play games yeah no, no they don't so it's all like... games are for adult men Oh my god. <laughs> when you play your first game, you start like growing pubes. Like that's like the rite of passage. <laughs> as soon as you finish as soon as you finish a game, you are a full grown adult. Um and you should be tried as an adult in court. One thing uh, about Nintendo games is like people always complain about Nintendo games being like, Why is it like this? I'm like, Because it's for children. Nintendo yeah. makes games for children. You're an afterthought. Deal with it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, are, you are not the target market for Nintendo games. The yeah. end. Like, you're not them. 
Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, dress-up games are, I mean, they got their start in kind of like Flash and browser-based type of things. Like, those really, like, that was a huge, huge female market because, you know, you didn't have to own a console, number one, so you didn't have to spend money. A lot of the games were free. And uh, you could kind of play them in privacy, I guess, is a way of saying it. Like, there was just sort of this space where a lot of guys didn't really go into because they were playing their own games or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, there was, like, there was a huge, like, dress-up games boom, I want to say, in the early 2000s, um, where there were just whole sites with just dress-up games. And they still kind of exist today, but they're not quite as popular, but... Um, yeah, we found one of them, remember? Which ones? The one with all the, like... The where disturbing we... ones, where it was, like, a spa, but it looked like we were dressing up a dead body. Well, there was that, and remember, <laughs> also, we dressed up, we dressed up the royals... Remember? Oh yeah, they're, they're all very disturbing, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah, people are talking about Mimoto. Mitomo. Mitomo. Oh, Mitomo. love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I love Mitomo. I just wish there was more to do. Like, yeah. Uh, what Infinite Nine is saying, it needs more room decorating, which I think is a great idea. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm sure that they're going to implement it. Like, it looks like it was built to be ready for that. Um. So yeah, I, I want I want more stuff to do in the day so I can gain more money and buy cool outfits. Because every day there's yeah. a new cool outfit that I want, but those are the dailies, and I can't. I <laughs> dude, you, are you allowed <laughs> to? I I'm, I thought that it was like, can't you like pay real money for like outfits or something? No, or I, it... I haven't found. There's no microtransactions. Oh really? I, I was yeah. sure that they were like setting that up because I if they're setting I, it up, I'm gonna go broke. Yeah. I have no money. <laughs> yeah. No, I was looking at it because it's, I mean, they've just built it like it should be for microtransactions. You just get like a hilariously low amount of money for everything you do. Um, I'm sure they're going to implement it at some point. They're probably going to do an update and it's going to have room decorating and microtransactions or something yeah. like that. I don't know. Um, I, I, wish, I wish you could just post status updates without having to answer a fucking question. Do you know what I mean? Stacy says she wants a pet. I like that idea. Yeah, I want to have a oh pet. Oh my god, pet! If I had a pet, then I would never leave. Yeah. Look at E.G. stretching underneath his blanket. Yeah. He's so cute. E.G.'s on the podcast, too. Hooray! I love dogs. Dogs are great. Dogs are better than cats. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm absolutely it. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, if you guys go on Twitter and you look up, like, cat lamp accident or whatever, there's well, a video that's been floating around of like these three little girls who are these blonde girls who are just doing some kind of a hair tutorial or whatever and in the background their cat gets into the lamp electrocutes itself <gasps> screams and like the lamp falls over it's, the cat's fine but <laughs> it's the funniest thing and like the girls are like traumatized and oh, they're just like God. and the cat's like Wah! and it's just like then the lamp falls over. That's when I really lost it. And so the owner of the video, like, the person who took the video, like, tweeted a second later that, like, the cat's fine. And it's, like, a photo of the cat, and it looks dead. <laughs> <laughs> it looks dead. But then, okay, but later they posted, and the cat was, like, up and about. But it looked like the cat was dead, and they had, like, posed it on a sofa. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It was we're so funny. We're weekend and I, the fine. cat. I like, couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard. Oh my god. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, oh, um, oh, did you guys, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Tess made this awesome gift of AJ staring at my burrito. It was amazing. Yeah. It's the best gift. 
I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Bye, right. So, yeah. What, do you guys have video game news? I haven't been keeping up at all, actually. There hasn't been anything happening. Just no, Dark Souls 3 came out, and I'm like, cool. Mm. It's not a pink game, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> it does have customization and full characters. Where the, actually, Dark Souls and Demon Souls and Bloodborne, they all have armor that is not uh, gendered, I guess I would say. If, cool. Where Gender uh, neutral? Um, you know how when everyone always talks about armor, they're like, it's impractical to have boob bumps because it makes the sword go up or down into your important organs. So they just don't have it. They just, like, you can be a woman, but it doesn't matter because all the armor is, like, chunky. Yeah. yeah. If you well, guys also want the uh, integrity of the armor. Yeah. If you guys want a game that has kind of, like, the pink game's kind of aesthetic, but it's, like, stupid hard, aesthetic. uh, I... I would recommend Wings of, of Vi, Wings of Vi. Um, that one's a really, really pretty game, and it's like all of the protagonists are like these girls in little cute outfits and stuff. And but it's I, I hear it's like impossible to play. <laughs> it was made by one of the guys who made um, uh, one of the I Want to Be the Guy games, which is like this community of people who just make impossible levels. So and I hear it's really, really popular. But that's one of the few games that's like genuinely challenging. That's like pink and girly, but they do it in kind of an unironic way, I guess. Um, that's kind of rare. Shit, that shit looks cash, dude. Yeah. It's an angel that's purple. Oh my god, that looks hardcore. Yeah. Sweet. I don't want this podcast now. I want, I want to keep hearing sassy test stories where she's not admitting to murder. Mm -hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, God, I don't know how this ends up, but all of my friends make jokes that I'm secretly a murderer. Like, it always ends up... I, <laughs> all maybe, of your friends, huh? Yeah. Maybe it's one all of those... the ones that are left? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you hearing this laugh, dude? I know. It's like, ha, 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 
don't I don't eat it I don't eat it like like an apple or anything, but I I like shell it and I just an avocado and mayonnaise are two very different things. One is a fruit, the other is a thing that white people eat. No, they're both fat. They're both just they're like not just fat, Stacey. Avocados are not just fat. Do you actually, have you ever actually looked up the contents yes, of an avocado? Yes, it's got like three grams of protein. <laughs> you, look, you look up, you flip over an avocado and the nutritional information. <laughs> yeah, have you ever exactly. looked at it, man? Yes. I like avocados. They're good for you. They taste good. I'm going to eat them. I don't care what kind of food shame you put on me. I'm going to eat them the I'm way I like them. I'm it's food shame. I'm just saying that's why I'd never eat Every it by Every word itself. you just said was food shame. <laughs> Well, it's like, you know, you don't put fruit on chips, you put, like, dip on chips. I put it's fruit on chips. Don't tell me how to eat my food. It's a dip. Don't tell... No, guacamole is a dip. It's the same thing. Is strawberries grinded up with honey a dip? Or a dip? Yeah, that's what you could spread be. for ice cream. Exactly. So when you're eating strawberries, are you eating an ice cream spread? Oh, my God, Mari. <laughs> It's the same ingredients, though. I don't to be care. to be fair. I will not be avocado, avocado shamed. It's I don't to be like, like my avocado cake okay, shame. You're shouting. Stop. <laughs> avocado is kind of a mayonnaise substitute. I know a lot of people use it as a mayonnaise substitute. Yes, it's a mayonnaise but, substitute. But but I do eat avocados just raw, so I don't know. Exactly. Oh, weird. Yeah. Sorry. I think I'm a Mexican though, so like I. I've kind of like grown up with avocados and I I don't know if like a lot of people but I eat tomatoes like an apple. That's like a Mexico thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to ask Raphael. I don't know. <laughs> it's so funny because Mari, you try to like you're like, no, like how I eat food is totally normal, but like everything that you eat is like you you I'm not saying that what you eat is not normal, but you truly you embrace your inner food desire. I wouldn't put you on the spectrum of like you know, I eat what everybody else eats. It's like you just eat whatever you want, which is fine. I want to eat an avocado. What, what is this? No, what she, is this? She drinks pickle juice. Yeah, I do. My boyfriend drinks pickle juice too. It's I want to eat. I want to have it. So I'm going to drink it. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> I like I've dr I've drunk pickle juice before, but like I always feel like ashamed of myself afterwards. <laughs> I always feel like I made a horrible mistake because I I don't know what it is about pickle juice, but maybe it's like the vinegar. But like it just like stays with you for like two days. Like your finger, you just like smell like a pickle for I two like days. Vinegar. Yeah. I like vinegar. Yeah, vinegar flavors. I'm yeah. gonna be completely honest. I'm though. drooling now because I want it. I know. I've ne <laughs> I've never had a pickle. Oh, you've never had a pickle. Never had a pickle. Oh, it's do you not like the what? smell? What? Don't like the smell. Okay. Wait. Okay. Like you've never put like a pickle in your mouth, or you've never just had like a whole pickle. Like what are you, what are, what are you talking about? Are we still talking about food? Oh, I think I we think are. So. Okay. <laughs> no, I've never like they smell gross. Like I've never had tuna salad. Never had a pickle. Are you, Stacy? What? They smell disgusting. Why would I eat it? Cheese smells <laughs> disgusting. That's different. <laughs> pussy smells. <laughs> Ew! What kind of pussy I'm just are you joking. eating? It's a joke. I'm still talking Sex about food. Joke. Da 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 da. No. Uh. Mari's pussy shaming. Pussy shaming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but whatever. I mean, if I want to eat salmon roe out of the can, I'm no, gonna no, do no, it. No, no, no. So I'm not saying that it's like I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just saying that it's 
different. It I'm is just, different. I'm just saying that there's like I refuse a, to be avocado shamed. No, I'm I'm not. I'm saying <laughs> that there's probably a smaller set of people that do eat avocados whole. Yeah. I disagree because the other day I saw Survival Lily peel an avocado which I had never seen before. She peeled it and then took a bite out of it and I was like, "What?" And she's in some place that's not Germany but is close to it. I bet there's a ton of people that do it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, if Survival Lily does it, then I'm on the right side. Oh. <laughs> Throwing down the gauntlet, huh? Yeah. I'm dividing the line between avocado eaters, eaters and not avocado, and not eaters. avocado eaters. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I'm like, I, I can be picky, though, about, like, if I'm going to, I'll eat, like, for instance, like, I'll eat this thing, but only with certain other things. Well, you, you know what I mean? I wouldn't, I like, wouldn't I call wouldn't you picky. I would call you somebody particular? who has high standards. High standards. <laughs> you have high standards because you don't want to waste your time. Yeah. You don't want to waste the flavor. You're not going to, I, I don't know you as somebody who eats something because it's, because you need to eat some, you want to eat it and fucking love it. I mean, there there are like without getting into like the reasons why there are like reasons why I am that way. Well, you just don't want to waste your time. Yeah, you don't want to waste that. You wanna you wanna have a good time. Yeah. A good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm here to have a good time. You just yeah. Find yeah else sorry, eggs and mint. This started as a gaming podcast. Yeah. If avocados and food is not part of gaming, then I don't know what life you're living. There needs to be more, like, food games that aren't about, like, preparing food, if that makes sense. Like, Mama. Oh, yeah, Cooking Mama is a pink game, I guess. That's and kind of relevant. did very well. Did very well. And then we said, oh, God, have you guys seen, fuck, who did it? VG Cats was such a, <laughs> I laugh. It was like an old video games webcomic. And it's Cooking I, Mama. I used to listen. I used to watch, real, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, like, presented to, like, a board of directors, like, Executive Mama, Doctor Mama, Lawyer oh Mama. You remember that one? And yes, then, I do. I don't remember the punchline, though. And they The were, next like, panel is no. her crying, like, stirring, like, a cake batter with, like, a black eye. Oh, God, that's sad. <laughs> but, like, Ooh. true, though, you know what I mean? Yeah, they wouldn't allow her be to be anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, okay, I remember that got dark. Geek Remix fans are gonna be mad. Everyone run! <laughs> run! <laughs> uh, playing Kingdom... Okay, uh, Satire Witch is mad that we're not playing Kingdom Hearts 2, and, but we're actually playing Katamari Damacy. Actually, <laughs> you're bitching about random social justice warrior stuff and food, food shaming. shaming. Yeah. I'm not food shaming. Okay. I feel like telling somebody that something they do is different is not shaming them. I'm going to eat my avocados until the day. Actually, I'm not saying that they make Actually, you... oh I would God. have been ambivalent about avocados. I probably would have stopped eating avocados by now. But because Stacy said, what? What are you doing? I was like, I'm never going to stop doing this. I've never seen somebody, <laughs> I've never seen somebody eat them plain like that. I'm going to do it until the day that but I But you know die. what? I could probably say that about a lot of the things that you eat. What? Drinking pickle juice? That I've never seen somebody do that until I met you. Oh, okay. What? What else do I eat? That's weird. <laughs> no, pickle juice or like, um, I've never seen somebody eat caviar out of a jar. Well, yeah, because it's good. Yeah, but I've only, only ever had it on sushi. 
That's oh, all. the salmon roll? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't have any rice, so I just wanted to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why are we still talking about avocados? Because I refuse to to back down on my avocado agenda. <laughs> the agenda today, who you're going to vote for? Somebody who 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 doesn't support the avocado agenda? <laughs> Okay, uh, well, that was the Avocado Podcast. Yes. Episode yeah. 9, or 10, what are we on? Yeah. I don't know. I asked the chat if they had any questions about pink games. I don't oh, know, just yeah. to see if okay. I can try Tell to maybe... Questions about pink games. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Somebody asked me if I'm trying to get away from the topic of avocados, so... Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I really Start regret having brought up, yes. <laughs> having brought it up. <laughs> yeah. Mm. No, everyone's just talking about avocados. avocados. <laughs> yeah, now they're arguing oh, about avocados. How would you define a pink game? Oh, great. Okay. Um, well, that's a good question because uh, really pink games have been defined in general as... Um, something that the industry doesn't take seriously. Like, that's really the most, the only thing that kind of links all pink games. Um, but uh, the, the pink game, I think, is kind of misleading because it's about a specific movement that, that happened in the early 90s and kind of trailed off, I think, at around the end of the early 2000s. Um, so it's, it's, you can call it a pink game, really, but it's probably something that is appealing to the to the pink aesthetic um you know frilly and girly and stuff um but it, it yeah it's it's really it's not a genre it's definitely not a genre it's just more of like a, a grouping in it a group grouping that you want to contribute it with um so nowadays the idea of a pink game is you know it can be all over the place i would say that a really good example of probably like a modern styled pink game is um Oh God! Have you guys ever played? Uh, I know you guys have played Long Live the Queen on your stream. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hanako Games—they do a lot of of uh, really cool stuff, and I'd say like that's a really good kind of modern pink game. I've I've spoken with uh, the developer of Hanako Games, and she doesn't obviously she doesn't market it specifically to girls, but she was insp inspired by like early anime and, and things like that. So, yeah. Um, oh, so, sorry. Were you, were you done? Because I have another question for you. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, so Stathicus asks, if I was going to go buy a pink game right now, which one should I buy? Does Viva Pinata count? Uh, it does not. I wouldn't say I that. Should. Yeah, but that's a great one. Um, uh, I could also do, oh god, if you guys ever have me back, I'd love to do something on, like, games with Mexico, because, damn. Okay. Uh, but, but, okay, I would recommend Hanako Games, absolutely 100%. They have excellent, excellent stuff. Um, I would also check out for the DS, there was this game called, um, Pop Cutie, um, and Famicom Games mentions this as well. It's about, uh, it's like a fashion simulator, but it's very strategic. Like, you can design your own fashion and things, but basically you actually play as like a fashion designer so you go out into the street and you look at what people are wearing and you're like oh this is a trend you know a lot of people like wearing yellow clothes a lot of people like wearing this skirt and you kind of have to make it to sort of tend to um tend to that so it's a really interesting fashion simulation it was for the nintendo ds 
Um, and it's, you know, it's around there. So I would really recommend that. Historically, it's a very interesting game. Um, let's see, other pink games. Uh, Trimaxy, which academy when it comes out? <laughs> Long Live the Queen. One. Um, yeah, that's what she was. Oh, yeah, so Long Live the Queen, I would recommend. Yeah, or Magical Diary. Uh, well, actually, I would say don't play Magical Diary unless you really want to get fucked over. That I'm, I'm going to give a trigger warning, which is a bit of a spoiler right now. But Magical Diary is basically a domestic abuse simulator, if that makes sense. Oh, it's, oh shit. wow. Yeah, it's um. It's it's really I'm trying not to spoil it right now, but the game sets you up as like it's oh it's a cute dating game or whatever, and you go through this relationship, and at at the end you realize that you have been playing through what it feels like to be in a relationship with an abuser, um, oh and that my was really, God. yeah it was a really powerful moment for me, um, but it yeah it's a really good it's a very interesting game. Um, but it also has it also has like some other cool relationships. It's not just that, but one of the storylines is fantastically written. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, so if you if you Google Hanako Games, you'll, yeah. you can go to their website. They have like Black Closet, Sword Daughter, The Royal Trap, Long Live the yeah. Queen, Magical Diary, yeah, bunch of others. Yeah, she makes incredibly awesome games. Also, um. I would recommend checking out some kind of uh, search and find games uh, or or like uh, Nancy Drew games. Those are like played exclusively by housewives and it's like a huge market but like the video game industry has completely ignored it. There's a really fascinating extra credits episode that was made about it. Um, and so if you're kind of looking for something a little alternative but basically this, there's like a sort of niche market that's been developing alongside the video game industry for a really long time. And uh, it's just been kind of growing. It's kind of awesome. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I'm trying to, are there any, there was somebody asking about trans, are games with gay characters and trans characters along with other minorities associated with the pink game movement, or is it only for women? Okay, um, I would like to answer that one because that's kind of important. Prior, in the 1950s to the 2000s, pink games were designed just for girls. But now that gender is kind of like this more fluid concept in society, not necessarily like actuality, like, you know, obviously there but were trans people. concept in society. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There were trans people obviously in the 1990s. Like, we didn't invent it. But like, now that it's more of like a, a mainstream kind of thing, pink games do not have to be associated with, you know, people who are cisgendered. Um, I, I would not say that there are a lot of games out there that have trans characters, but I don't think that it's necessarily impossible for that to be the case. I think pink games nowadays, as I said when I was defining it, has more to do with an aesthetic and a feel um, than, than anything else. Would you say it has to do with the concept of feminine things more yeah, than to have to do with sure, the concept of femininity? Yeah, so, I mean, you could be playing as a boy... Uh, who, you know, has an interest in feminine things, and that that's, that's perfectly valid. That's you know. cool. Yeah. Yeah, lots of girls like masculine yeah. shit. Lots sure, of boys sure. like feminine shit. It's Absolutely. Normal. Yeah, and I, I have to say, there are not a lot of games that have that. So i got to be honest, you know, but, you know, if you'd like to get into games, that's certainly something that you can do. I know that, personally, Charmixy, I've made a pretty big effort, not to brag or anything, but I'm trying to put... <laughs> trying to put trans characters in the game. I'm trying to put characters of different diversity, you know, in the game so that everybody has something. But it's still very much within the pink games aesthetic. 
so f- f- femininity and gender like it doesn't have yeah they are sep- and gender are two things they are two yeah, separate things. Things. yeah 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 sure so like fe- so feminine and masculine traits those are society the, things so- society created those things like and they're both awesome but you don't need to obey those laws yeah and well and they were originally created as like traits that society quote unquote saw correlated with each gender but of course, as Tess was saying, now that gender is like a more fluid understanding, we still have these terms like, is it feminine or is it masculine? But it doesn't necessarily mean that those things are for girls or those things are for boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really just that we don't have other terms to use to describe, you know, something that is feminine or masculine. Yeah. Well, we have the word feminine or masculine, but they, you know, like within the word it has... Yes. It's implied, the gender is kind of implied in there. Mm-hmm. And I've been, I've been trying to think of, because this is very much my aesthetic, and it describes games that I want to make in my life in the future, I've been trying to think of some kind of way to describe that aesthetic without necessarily putting, you know, some people have mentioned, like, pastel or, or something like that, or frilly, something like that, without saying girly or something like that necessarily. Uh, somebody just asked, it just went up in the chat, they want to know how to deal with people who don't like Life is Strange, but glorify The Walking Dead, even though it's basically the same, but Life is Strange is better mechanically and everything. Well, I, I have a bit of a controversial point of view on this, because I'm not the kind of person who likes to call people out. I'm really not that, that sort of person. I, I prefer to do things by example than arguing with people, because I've personally found that if somebody's being shitty or whatever, and I like call them out, if I do it in public, first of all, I embarrass them, um, and I push them farther from coming to an understanding with me. Um, so if somebody's being an asshole to you directly, of course, you shouldn't let that happen. But if you're like in a classroom, for example, and someone's like, oh, pink games are dumb or whatever, just, you know, know to yourself that that's not true. And if you want to make an effort to make games that appeal to you and they'll eventually come around. When I was going to school, I was dealing with those kinds of attitude, absolutely. Like, a lot of my classmates didn't really care about pink games, and I was really interested, and it was kind of considered a joke. But you know what? I graduated top of my class. I had one of the best presentations, you know, for my final presentation. A lot of people came to my booth. I got a lot of job offers, and that just showed to the guys, like, you know, I stood out because, you know, I was doing the more interesting and the more progressive stuff. And I think that history is going to be on your side. So, you know, don't worry about what they think. Um, yeah, I yeah. do agree. Like, if somebody is, like, if somebody ever goes, like, like, when I was working at a, another company, I, I didn't feel like a lot of my ideas and points of views were appreciated. So I was like, fuck it, I'm, I'm out. Like, bye. I'm doing my own thing. Yeah. And I, and I let that uh, passive aggression fuel me until one day I was like, huh, look at you and look yeah. at me. Yeah, you don't know, prove prove it by doing it. Yeah, consider I, it in in this way like don't feel as though you have to set them right. You should have it so that they feel as though they like don't feel as though you have to set it right in their eyes. Make it so they have to set themselves right in your eyes. That's kind of the perspective. Or just prove it for yourself. Yeah. You know, it's no it doesn't have to be all about them. If you want to prove something, you prove it. You don't need to prove it to them because sometimes people are never going to be convinced. Yeah. But just 
with the Geek Remix, I was like, fuck, I don't feel like I have anywhere to, to bitch about the things I want to bitch about. And now, I do. I get to complain all I want, and everyone says, just Mari, you're right. And I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> but, like, if somebody, if you have an idea, and you feel in your heart that it's a good idea, and then all these people are saying, no, that's a shitty idea. There's a difference between constructive feedback and someone just saying no because they don't want to hear it. And that's hard to know. Anyway, yeah. follow your heart. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm really happy that you're pursuing game design. I, I am, that makes me really, really happy. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think another way also to really help things along is take some time for yourself to look for games that are different and that are interesting. You know, become a tastemaker. And um, then when you kind of grow your audience, you can really share interesting stuff with other people. Um, because there's really nothing more satisfying as a game developer than having someone be interested in your game and talk about your game. And you'll make a lot of really awesome friends and connections that way just by keeping an eye out for that stuff. So look for somebody's podcast, video, video game, anything, and just talk about it with enthusiasm, the enthusiasm that you have for it. And, um... You'll, you'll become really, this sounds kind of like superficial, but you'll become really popular. But you'll become um, somebody that a lot of people will be interested and look up to, and, and you'll be able to help a lot of people at the same time. So that's my advice if, if you have an interest in those kinds of things. Yeah, tell the story that you want to tell, and if you really feel like you want to tell that story, and other people tell you that story's like whatever, just do it, man. Like, and if you fail, that's okay, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay to fail. Like everybody fails a million times. Sure. And then sure. they then they succeed. Like whatever, dude. Yeah. Strawberries walking all up on Prince right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Are there, are there any podcasts? Other... Uh, oh, that's podcasts Geek Remix. That's for you guys. Oh, Stacy wants to No, no, no. I just we get asked that like all the time. I oh, would okay. recommend the Horrorcast, which is a podcast. The Horrorcast? Yes, the Horrorcast. Like, the Horrorcast, which is a podcast run by sex workers. And they just talk about, you know, just like standard facts and stuff. And it's just nice to be able to see perspectives. Um, I would recommend Sawbones Podcast because it's about a lady and her husband talking about medical history. It's, it's amusing. Um... Giant Bombcast just for video game stuff, the Jimquisition, um, and the Black Girl, the Black Girl Nerd podcast. Those are the ones I listen to. Yep. Okay, so is everybody all podcast out? I'm good. How are you? I love right. to listen to myself talk, so I could probably go for three more days, but <laughs> I... Since right. you guys are probably going to want to That was the Geek so. Remix Pink Games episode. That This was Tess Young, a.k.a. The Chic Monster on Twitter, and Charminxy on Tumblr. She's making a game. Her Patreon is what? Uh, Patreon.com slash The Chic Monster, I yes. think. <laughs> I, should I should probably know it by heart. <laughs> Shit. All right. Uh, the end. Yeah. Thank Stop you, guys. Bye. All right.